Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on this week with JB and I'm joined by Pistol. Unbelievably, we are into the beginning of season 2024. How quick did that go? How quick was your off season? Did you do anything? Did you get a tan? <laughs> I'm still working on it. Um, right, right. So <laughs> There's not a lot of time left. We, we need. I needed about another six years until it's finished. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping that gets done in time. But uh, no, it was very exciting off season. There's uh, plenty of time to reflect on last year, and um, you know, I was going to say reflect on this year's rule changes when they pop through. Um, but we don't know what's going on with that. Um, but how was your break? Yeah, it was good, I think. I, I did a lot. Um, I don't think I thought about Supercoach, like, maybe at all until uh, it feels like the last week. And then I was seeing people leak things about the, the team picker dropping now. And it's like, oh, my God, Supercoach. Like, i gotta, I got to remember all the things I told myself at the end of last season. And um, I'm, I'm glad we do a, a review podcast because having listened to that, I've decided that I disagree with everything that I thought at that point. Um, <laughs> but no, it really puts things into perspective again. And I, I sort of have launched back into this and I've thrown together a team. It's it's awful. It's going to have 100,000 iterations and there haven't been rule changes yet. So um, let's be clear about that. This is pre-rule changes. We're just going to look at player prices as they are strip everything else down out of the game and and just assess the picks that we sort of that catch our eye um it, it probably won't be the longest podcast but i like doing these initial reaction podcasts because i haven't had time to look at the game uh today because i'm in a new role at work and really i got notification i felt my phone was dry humping me for half a day but 
Um, besides all those notifications, I, I wasn't really active on Supercoach today. So it's going to be a genuine first reaction for me. Okay, that was an interesting way of describing your phone. Um, thank that, you for that, the mental That's image. a reference from something, and someone will know what it's from, but essentially okay. the vibration in the pocket is... Thanks yeah. for explaining it, yeah. No, that's really, that's really great. Before we jump into it, JB, do we have any patron sign-ups in the break? We do. Are you In your off-season, have you been practicing segueing for me? I, uh, instead I've of been leaving that night and day me? studying. Um, I've right. had the, the Supercoach open, um, and I don't think that's going to help at all because it's not relevant no, anymore to this that. year. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I've been, been taking those segue classes. Um, right. So yeah, my, my balance is really good on them now. You can like yeah, I don't think go that's fast the, and go what I was talking about, but that's that's fine. We'll we'll ignore that. I um we do have two new signups over the off season. Uh, welcome to James and welcome to Shockmaster. So Oof. um you you don't have to sign up with the profession, but we appreciate that you did, James. Not sure what profession that is, but um thank you to you two new people, new new guys. Um, and we have some a couple of returning guys. I, I just want to shout out Dr. Misadventure who popped back into Slack after a 12-month hiatus. He's back. It's great to see him in and around the Slack. Yeah. Um, and Chizo, he, he had about 18 <laughs> months off and we've, he's just poked his head in to talk about the new Fortnite update. So we appreciate hearing from him again as well. Excellent. No, thank you very much to everyone that's uh, signed up and re-signed up. It's definitely much appreciated. Um, I'll jump straight into the counter council. We had one very generous donation. Nico says, uh, rest in peace, Albie, a dollar for each of your years. You'll be forever remembered as a mate by everyone who met you, including the opposition, your mate, Nico, and everyone at the Rosanna Cricket Club. So sorry for your loss, Nico. Um, and, you know, obviously very thankful for your donation. And, and hopefully this, uh, you know, can help towards cancer research and, and, and stopping all of these, uh, you know, passings. I tell you what, F cancer, I won't say it because it puts all sorts of complications in our Spotify listenership, but F cancer, I can't believe how many people, but like it, it puts it into perspective, doesn't it, that we we raised this money to, to help to hopefully make some sort of a difference. So we're so appreciative for everyone who reaches into their pocket to, to help out with such a great cause. Um, it really is the worst. And rest in peace, Albie as well. I'm sure he'll be missed. Um all right, well, I guess we we jump straight in. Um, I haven't had my segue classes because I'm ready to just dive into it. Uh, with <laughs> Let's no, do it. No segue whatsoever. Um, what do you want to talk about? We'll talk straight about, get straight into defense, I guess. What what catches your eye? And um, immediately, I guess the top price player, probably as, as a fan of Collingwood, catches your eye. But um, <laughs> what now? what stands out to you as soon as you open the team picker here? No, I, I opened... The team picker, I went to defender and then I clicked the little plus on Nick Dacos and then I was like, okay, I feel really good right now. Um, yeah. I know I know the price is 650 and that seems like, wow, that's a lot. But we're talking about a guy who we don't know his upside because he's already incredibly good and he is so young. And I I would be shocked if he picked last season, let's put it that way. It, there's there's room for growth and I don't know what that ceiling is and it's super exciting. So, um, you know, pending rules, I reckon Nick Dacos, you just, you, you go for the upside. I know there's going to be um, people that say, well, he might get a tag later, blah, 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 blah. But he could be the greatest player of all time, JB, just to put it put it lightly. Hmm. 
feel like that's reaching a, a touch. He's probably too young for that. But my question <laughs> to people that haven't put Dacos straight into the team is, what do you, Pistol, think that his ownership should be if he were midfield only rather than defense midfield? Uh, close to 100%. <laughs> and, and I genuinely agree. Bias aside, you pick this guy thinking there's a potential of 120 plus this year. Like he could be five points under price and it wouldn't shock anyone. Um, the fact that he's also defender eligible is just like, okay, twist my arm. What do I have to do? He will be D1 at the end of the year, all things um, going well with health and such. But um, there's there's almost no doubt on that. It's It's... If you got the opportunity to pick the deal, I've seen people already talking about, um, and this is not to to call out people for not thinking acutely, which we a hundred percent would would rather pe- people do. We'd rather people challenge every selection, rather whether they're obvious or not obvious. Um, but people have already pointed out that that he's got Hawthorne, uh, and then that'll be followed up shortly by a buy, and you know potentially it's optimal to just wait out those first six weeks and grab him afterwards. I don't want to dive too much into strategy at all on this podcast, um, but essentially we had similar thoughts last year on Nick Dacos and there'll be a tag this round and a tag this round. We'll pick him up cheap. He's 650K. There's every chance he averages 120 up until that Finn McGuinness matchup. There's every chance Finn McGuinness isn't even in the best 22 and he he just scores 120 anyway. And it's like, then you're like, wow, he's 680K and I don't have him and he's owned by 53%. And like, what do I do? How the hell do I possibly get him in? How do you Uh, pay like 700,000 for a defender? A defender of all things as well. So it's not going to be your McCurches or your your Harley Reeds that you're trading up to get this guy. Um, you got to get a defender who's probably at that point 280k if they've started decently, and you're like, okay, now where's this other 400k coming from? It's just nowhere. Um, by round six, <laughs> not by that early. So I think a very easy pick, very very easy light note to start on there, Nick Dacos. Um, but obviously everything could change, but I don't think that will be one that does. Um, now beyond that, there's three other guys, 600k plus, Cicely Stewart and Ryan. Um, I suppose Sicily is someone that I'll probably weigh up for a lot of the preseason. Um, he actually played less matches than Stewart um, and Ryan played a full season, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really hard to assess these three guys on their strengths. I think Sicily probably has the highest upside, um, but Stewart and Ryan, Ryan was so good at the end of the last year. Like his second half of the season, I owned him for that. He was incredible. He yeah. was the most relaxing, easy dude to own. He had racked up 60 points by halftime of almost every match, and it was just smooth sailing for the second half. Tom Stewart, he has his moments, but he also is so easy to own. And then Sicily was sort of in and out a little bit. 19 games played, had the highest average of the three of them, but a little bit more volatile with his scoring at times. It's such an interesting mix with this D2 spot. So it's funny that you say that because I, when I opened the app, I just pressed tick, 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 and I just selected Dacos, Sicily, and Stewart all in my side. Wow. Um, and I never even thought about it and built the team around those three um, just because they're so far and away going to be in the top six players and they're going to be so hard to get. Last year, I never got Sicily again yeah. um, for the <laughs> second year in a row of him just destroying me. And it, it just became impossible because he just scored so well that he didn't fall enough in price um, at the right time for me to get him. I know for other people it worked out, but um, not for me. And these guys, 
that are consistent and good are the ones that I want to start in, in my Supercoach side. But, you know, there'll be news. Tom Stewart, midfield, blah, 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 blah. Don't know if that will eventuate or not. But um, I think I'll probably end up with two of the three um, because you always find ways to somehow cut your defenders to save money to start your bigger midfielders as the season um, approaches. But first first eyes and team picker open, it was just one, two, three in my side, JB. Yeah, I think that's interesting. That's probably optimal. I think as soon as you sort of look at these guys and, and start building reasons against picking them, um, you really have to be realistic and just say to yourself, look, if I come up with enough reasons to not pick this guy and this is where I do my cost cutting, and this applies to every line on the game, to be honest, there is going to be a point where you just can't get them in. And it might not be you. And it might not be your, your your best mate that you chat with every day about Supercoach, but some people, a lot of people aren't going to get one of these guys in for the entire year. If these three guys all have the year that we expect them to have, even if they have ups and downs, it's not going to work out for a lot of people. It might, and in an ideal world, it does, but you can't just go in with the expectation as, oh, yeah, I'll just pick this guy up during the year because it just might not come down to that. You might fade the guy who goes 130 for a stretch prior to you wanting to pick them up and you just can't get them. And that happens a lot in this game. Um, it's it's never as easy as, yeah, I'll just pick him up after his buy or I'll just wait for this or that. Or um, The game just does not work that way. And that's a huge thing to remember is if you fade one of these guys, there's a, a small chance you're actually just fading them for the year. Yeah, yeah. So is there anyone above the 500K mark that's catching your eye? There's actually a lot of guys. Um, just well, at this point, a lot of names. Um, yeah. So Jack Sinclair, I think obviously a lot of us picked him um, the year prior to last year to, to this season, just gone. Um, and I think we expected him to, to fall off a little bit, but he didn't fall off that much. He's, he still averaged 107 or 106.7. Um, he's now priced under 600k, which I think is quite a good price for him. He has the potential to to go 110, I think. I yep. don't mind that name. Um, do I want to pay up for him when I like names below and I like names above to be seen? Um, but you could definitely talk me into that pick. Dan Houston had a bit of a breakout season as well. Um, I don't know, like his age pretty much, like he, he should have about three more seasons of either improvement or just stable play. Um, so I, I can't see why 106 average is paying too high for Dan Houston either. Um, he's in a team that is, I would say, likely to do well again this season. Yeah. Um, he played 23 matches. He often does. I think that there's a lot of validity in that pick, as with Nick Newman. Uh, and you know he, he sort of stepped up a lot last year as well. He's priced a lot lower than those first two guys at 560, but... Um, I, there's definitely a realm in which I, if you go back and look at his numbers, when Doc moved sort of into more of a wing slash midfield role, um, even when Doc had moved back into defense, he played really, really well. He was the guy in, in that Carlton team, especially when they were winning games towards the second half of the season. So um, if I'm going to, if I'm on a roll here, I'm going to keep going. Harry yeah, Sheasel in a, in a good enough role. He's now in the leadership group. Um, with their young kids coming in, McKercher, Dersma, those guys might get a bit of that mid, forward slash type of role um more so sort of high half forward type of thing um harry Shizel might just keep his role off of halfback he was so damn good at it and he's now in the leadership group um i could see that i mean jack's evil departs um yeah, yeah so he- i think they're using mccurcher and zach fisher off the halfback at the moment which means Shizel could be 
He uh, could. He could be marks. half forward. Question yeah, absolutely. Marks. Might be just enough to not start him until you see for your own eyes where he's playing. Yep, and, and he could play every single preseason sort of game in in half back, and we yeah. could just say, "Wow, okay, well, he's a shot." And then Jaden Short, lastly, <laughs> um, Jaden Short, lastly, only played sixteen matches, but um, he really showed that when he has a solid role, a solid, safe, steady role. Um, which he did for long long patches of last season, then he could definitely go and push up to that 105 average as well. So um, he's probably the least that I like out of the list, but at 550, he's also the cheapest. Um, and you know, when I say like the least, the other guys are pretty good names, um, and he's only just falling short of those guys. Nice. Sorry, I had so to break for that. I see you know, a lot of people... Um, jumping on Hayden Young, 525K, because he played you know, in the midfield role towards the end of the last season, the last couple of games, and looked really good. Yep. I guess my question to you, JB, is at price at a 94 average, is that cheap enough or big enough discount um, to start him in your side, or is it just too big of a risk with, uh, I guess, a unknown role going into the season? Um, what do you think there? Um. Hayden Young is very interesting because I think years ago when he when he started in the league, we pegged him as someone who would be super friendly to to super coach scoring. Yeah, um, yeah. very good kick. So it, it's sort of the natural progression, and we we start to think, okay, well, he's now doing what we kind of expected him to do, and he's now coming in and playing a midfield role and playing a fantasy friendly role, a super coach friendly role. So what's the problem? I, I don't think he's I don't think he's priced highly enough for me to just flat out say no. Yeah. Um, but he finished the year last year with four tagging roles. He had one hundred and twenty three, one hundred and eighteen, one hundred and thirteen, one hundred and eleven, all as a sort of um, a midfielder doing pseudo jobs on on the bigger midfielders from the opposition team. He in those games had ten, eight, seven, and seven tackles. Um, all of the games besides one was 20-plus disposals. The one that wasn't was 19. Um, he really just showed that, yeah, he can go in there, do a role, tackle like an absolute freak, which we know just bleeds super coach points. Um, I think 525K is probably right on the maximum that I would spend for someone yeah. like this, but definitely, definitely capable of starting in my team. Yeah. I, my biggest issue is that he's been injury-prone for pretty much his whole career except last year. And I don't know yeah. if that's his over it or, you know, it's going to be one of those players where we're like, we probably shouldn't select, but it's going to be fine. And then it gets into like round three and he's injured. And we're like, well, why do we do this? We do this every year and we just have that conversation, you know, with ourselves. Um, I think I think that's so we'll kind see. of a catch-22 because I think we start players who are injury-prone and they get injured and we go, what the hell, why do we do this to ourselves? And then I think there are guys that we fade because they're injury prone or more injury prone, and then they play a full season, and we go, <laughs> yes. "Ah, why do we? Why do we?" So I don't know. I don't know if it's too much of a factor. We're gonna we're about to talk about about a dozen midfielders that probably fit the bill there. So, um, and almost all of them are going to be in my team at some point this preseason. So I think it's very interesting. Um, Lockie Whitfield is one that I have a question about for you. Thank um, you. Average ninety three for the season, five hundred nineteen k lowly priced I would argue really showed signs towards the end of last season that the old Lockie Whitfield was back just really matters about his gait 
Um, you can't really <laughs> judge. <waiting> for it. <laughs> you can't really judge this early. Uh, you just need it's 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 really the eye test. It's the gate. It's um, the gate watch. It's on on Lockie Whitfield. See how he's running. Uh, biggest strength. So if his running is uh, impeded at all, then he's a big stay away. So yeah, that's that's uh, not a that's a purely eye test pick. So we can't really comment on about it in uh, December. Do you want to hear how he finished the season at least? Uh, go on. All right, so from round 18, he had 115, 133, 137, 87, 95, 112, 92 to finish the year. And then in the finals, he had 109, 141, and then 75 against Collingwood in the prelim. It's not Sounds bad right. for a defender. Sounds all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, oh, he's just nicely priced. It's 519K. If it's not Hayden Young, it's probably going to be Lockie Whitfield for us, I think. <laughs> It Don't just, it that just feels me. that way. It just feels that way. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. Like one of them is going to disappoint us in the preseason and we're just going to flock to the other. I think one of them is going to have 40% ownership and the other one's going to have 8% ownership and the one we pick is going to go worse. But um, that I don't know. That That's the way – that's the vibe for me early days. But um, <laughs> besides that, I, I don't think there's a lot else to talk about until you get to – there might be for you, but for me, I sort of had a big scroll after that until I got to Harry Himmelberg at 450K. I think there's three in this category. How would you rank Himmelberg with it in now that Hearn's retired and in the Sire Wangani Malera? I mean, pretty easily, I think. I think it's Himmelberg. Um, and then I'll pause for a while. <laughs> uh, and then probably uh, maybe... I don't know, neither. Neither of these other two guys. I don't think either of them are options. I mean, I can, I think, I I can think see how they have potential, but Witherden played 22 matches last season and he had he had scores of like 15 for a game. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, that makes him under bright. No, I, I think he, I don't necessarily still think he's going to be the man with Hearn gone that I used to think. I'm not sure that's going to come to fruition. So I... At this stage in December, I'm staying away. And the Saiwangani Miller, I think it's just, I know he had a strong end of last season. He looked like, he looks like a good breakout candidate. It was a fourth year. Um, looks really good as well, eye test wise. But he's not that cheap. Like 475K, you're only, you know, 50K from Young and Whitfield. Like it's not, it's not really that much of a saving, is it? So no, I, I would spend my money there. And if I want to save money, as you said, um, Himmelberg. Actually, in my first draft team, I'm four premiums deep, and Himmelberg is my D four. So I, I can't really argue against you there. Himmelberg, though, he, he didn't go quite as well as what we maybe thought he did. Um, now he finished the year from round nineteen with a one hundred nine seventy two ninety one eighty nine. He had two big scores to finish the season, 127-129. And then his final series was 89-74-77. Now, the rumors that are coming out at this time of year, which, I mean, it's December, so please, please don't write this down in, in – write it down in pencil maybe, but get the eraser, like have that nearby, um, is that he's going to just have the one role for an entire year for the first time in half a decade. And – it's going to be that's going to be his role. He needs to settle into it. He wants to grow into it. Um, I can only assume he signed the contract with GWS because it was it, playing defense was his a desire, and that's what he did for the whole second half of the season. After starting forward till about round nine, I want to say, or round twelve ish. I'm looking at the stats here, but 
Um, he, he didn't kick any goals from round eight. So essentially, yeah, around then. Um, but he still didn't blow anyone away. I mean, he had yeah. four tons in the role last year in about 12 or 13 games. That's it's yeah. not amazing. Um, so he's going to have to show us a lot in the preseason. He's probably he's in my team at the moment as well, but he's probably the, the player most at risk to get moved on. No, I'm totally I'm totally with you on that one. He, I he was never as pressive, but the thing is, I think he always I can't remember if he started well or finished well. I think it was he started well, so it was always like, oh, he's on for a big score, but then it just didn't. Yeah, go for four yeah. quarters. So then you think about him being a good scorer, but you just don't remember his final score. Um, just because he always started so well. Yep. Um, but it's something that we need to watch in the preseason. I'm a big believer of if you're, you're training in that role for the whole preseason, you have some stability that it, it goes a long way. So um, it's, a, it's a December pick, but I'll be keeping a firm eye on that. It's certainly a shaky spot in my side. 50K cheaper and maybe as interesting, maybe slightly less. Kitty Coleman uh, averaged just 70 last year. He had injury issues on and off the season and contended with Daniel Rich for about, I don't want to say, eight to ten games of the season. Um, but when he stormed home towards the end, he obviously had a great final series without Daniel Rich. Brisbane looked better, I think, with Kitty Coleman being their main distributor instead of trying to sort of share it around. I don't really want to judge last year's scores because I don't think there was any point where I thought both Coleman and Brisbane clicked together until the finals and he had a good final series. Um, so I kind of want to separate the two and then obviously the final series isn't in this average. So um, I think 400K though is something to monitor. I think it's one to to keep an eye out for. Like he, he's priced a set, well, he's priced at 70 average and, and he could blow that out of the water as well. Yeah, I'd love to feel uh, 50K cheaper. I'd feel a, a lot better, like a lot, lot better. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. So I would need to see it in the preseason. I, like the thing is players... They have purple patches all the time, and uh, from a very small sample size, uh, you know, in the final series, being having two unbelievable games, he just may be a big finals player. <laughs> you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't go into the next season picking Mason Cox when he had a good final series. Uh, it's just let's um, <laughs> let's assess it in the preseason and see how he looks. But for the moment, um, not in my sight. Does anyone else sort of interest you? Like beyond that, I really find it difficult to to find someone until we we start looking at rookies in defense. It, it really it looks like early days, like guns and rookies, is going to be on. Um, I mean, I think I don't know if you're still scorned from last season, but the the mid prices last year were just yeah they left they left a lot to be desired. And I look at them this year, and I'm like, there are less guys than last year that I even. Sort yeah, of half consider it this time. Um, last year I had a, full, a team full of them. You can make a full best twenty-two with with you know mid-price players. This year I can't even find two point two that I like. So <laughs> um, genuinely, do you like anyone else between him and say the two hundred and fifty k mark? Oof, um, I think I could I could have a look in the preseason at uh, Win Hager at three twenty-three k just because he played off the half back. The yeah. last couple of weeks, I don't think that will continue unless they decide not to play Sinclair in the back line at all, um, yeah. which would be a big call. Um, I mean, that, a bad call probably. Yes, yeah, would be a bad call. I mean, he did get defensive status, so he clearly played enough time to to get it in the first place. Um, 
So I would will reserve judgment when I actually see that. Um, definitely wouldn't put him in my December team just yet. I think, yeah, the next possible person I would be looking at is all the way down to Chapman, Heath Chapman, 250K maybe. Yeah. But I still don't want to. <laughs> no, He's not in my I, team. <laughs> I just want to put a name out there just so I can go back Claim to it, it if it does work <laughs> out. But if it doesn't, then no one's going to remember because it's December. Do it. Um Miles Bergman is going to play exclusively on a wing this year because of the defenders that Port recruited. And I think a, a lockdown defender averaging 65, now gone open winger, in which he's shown he can he can turn up pretty consistently in the past. I'll be very interested to see how that role progresses. All right. um, but, but he has to make a step forward as a player as well to sort of step into more scoring. But, I mean, he's priced so awkwardly. I wish he was 300K flat and he could make some money or... You know something, but anyway. All right, so you heard it here first. All the way down the list, um, you get down to you know two sixteen k. I guess you've also got Massimo um, D'Ambrosio for Hawthorne at two twenty four k if he gets a starting spot. But both those guys. It's my Kane Baldwin two hundred sixteen k. The the two hundred sixteen and two hundred twenty five k club. Uh, do any of them tickle, <laughs> tickle your fancy in December? Okay, we're looking at D'Ambrosio, Kane Baldwin, and Zach Williams. Um, I'm not quite sure who you're trying to sort of steer me through. You could only pick one. <laughs> I mean, Kane Baldwin's had a pretty good preseason so far. Um, no, I mean, Zach Williams, I said it in Slack jokingly today. I paid 600K for this guy. Um, so you're telling me I, I essentially get a 400K in my pocket and I get to pick him again? Like, sign me up. <laughs> Um, I'm an obvious, I'm a Zach Williams enthusiast, um, but there are a few boxes he has to tick. He's a 30-year-old coming off an ACL now, um, and he was never not injury-prone. He has never not been injury-prone, but we are now also not picking him to play 23 games. We're picking him to play 10. Yeah. And I think if he's best 22, he, of all the players around him, has an 80-plus average in him. Um but he has to be best 22 as well. And that's the other box he has to tick. So we need fitness. Um, we need assurance of, of his spot in the best 22. And then and only then can we consider picking Zach Williams. But um, if he ticks those two boxes, I can't see a world in which I don't because you just don't get upside like that at this price. I've been a staunch anti-Williams fantasy as a fantasy pick. <laughs> Since and I as started. a person, you've really attacked <laughs> his, his person as, as well. This is a fancy <laughs> pick. I've always been very, very, very against him as a selection. We've had many arguments uh, on this podcast about mm. him. But even I... I think I've won most. Even I am is in my side at 216K. Like, that's a ridiculous price for his upside. Yeah. Like, truly, if Doherty's, you know, out of that back line and they put Williams in the back line, I know he was playing kind of like, half forward, middle sort of stuff. But if they put him in the back line next to, you know, uh, old mate um, Newman, Newman, yeah, Nick Newman, then <laughs> then it's going to be a, a good duo and he's got that 80-plus upside at that price. Like, it's pretty hard to say no. So he's in my December team and uh, it's, it's the first time I'm not, like, panicking about him being in my side. So that's good. Well, I think of it this way. Elliot Yo lasted all the way until round one in our team last year. So... <laughs> I think Zach Williams has the potential to be another preseason hero, but we'll see if he he has the uh, 
the ability to put it on on the pitch as well. So I, I don't know. I've obviously got my doubts that he can make it, but I would love if he did because owning him one last time would give me a, a semblance of happiness playing this game, I think. Um, all right, so we're going to cut it off there. There obviously are some guys around the 150K mark. I mean, Josh Gibkes didn't play a lot last year, didn't play at all. Um, was very promising the year prior. He's 150K, but we could go through those names all day. We're not really interested in talking for, for two hours. We've already been going for 30 minutes and we've yeah. gone through one line. So let's go to the busy line. It's the midfield. Um, we're going to look at these guys as, I want to say quickly as possible, but I don't know if that is possible. It might be. Yeah, There's not a lot is. of names that yeah. sort of... Let's just start from the top. Bonsimpelli, 725K. And Clayton Oliver, 674K. Crazy that we are seeing a 50K price difference in these two guys, and it's favoring Bonsampelli. Um, we know the preseason that Clayton Oliver has already had, and we genuinely, from the bottom of my heart especially, I love watching this guy play. I know he's he's had some slip-ups, but I really hope he's mentally okay. Um, and I hope we get to see Clayton Oliver for 23 games this season because the, the game is just better with him, not just Supercoach, the, the AFL game as well. Um, so hopefully that is what we get to see. And if that is, assuming that we all, it all goes right with Clayton, are you picking between these two guys? Have you found a, a realm of possibility in which you have them both? Do you have neither? Um, and if you have neither, is it Petrarca as the next in line? Where are your, what's your thought process here? <laughs> so I have both of them in my current side. And now I'm just realizing, have I just gone onto every line and just picked the top most expensive players and be like, da, 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 this is my team. Come on so the far, yes, but I'd be surprised <laughs> if that lasted through the run. It's true. Um, look, I picked Oliver. <laughs> I picked Oliver um, as my first picked midfielder. Came back around to Bontempelli just um, on my second run through. But um, obviously, it depends on what happens, you know, in the rest of the preseason with Oliver. Um, I, as I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is aware, I have never started Oliver before. And it has continuously haunted me every year. And I'm sure the year that I finally start him is a year that it's like obvious not to select him. So maybe I'll just play into that storyline of just being burnt by the only year I ever start Oliver. Um, but for now, I mean, if he's playing round one, it's pretty hard to to say no to Oliver just given the the upside and how consistent he is. Um, and Bonson Pelly, I'm a big believer in, I guess, not mucking around too much with your captaincies. Um, I think Dacos is a really good captaincy option. And then probably, I mean, spoilers, Gorn in the ruck could do a decent job. But otherwise, I'd like that flexibility of having a, a third person um, to rotate, you know, I guess your vice captain captaincies. And Bontempelli is definitely, I guess, my, my guy from the Bulldogs. Um, so I, I look to him. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For the captaincy, but again, if you, if you have English or, or you're comfortable, you know, day class English, I guess you don't need him. Um, but Do you know what's crazy? Yeah. I actually, I don't have Bonsimpelli for that reason. I've got Nick Dacos, yeah. I've got Clayton Oliver, I've got Max Gorn, who I all agree with, and I've got LDU, who I think is absolutely Captain Boy. We saw his ceiling last year. Um, it is bonkers, it is bonkers high. Um, and if I don't have LDU, it, I'll have Zach Butters, who presents the exact same value as a captain. So um, I don't know. I think it's um, – by the way, I'm not exclusively deciding between those two guys, but – I might have both, and there's a chance I have one. There's a chance I have both. I don't think I'll have neither. So um, I do think captaincy options are affordable this season. I don't think you have to pay 725k for them. I'm pretty scared to captain someone like LDU. I feel like it's a good vice captain, but if you play for North, I'm assuming you're going to get a lot of Sunday games, so it might not be an easy VC. Um, I just would need to see... I'm not scared a lot. to captain him. Yeah, I mean, I think that will change throughout the year as you know the trust builds um, as they score well. I guess the same goes for Zach Butters. Um, I had 23 games last year. Not not from an injury perspective. Just oh, just, you just, just don't trust just that as though. a not to pop out an 80 perspective. I mean, Bontempelli, what did he have? One was it one sub ton the whole of last year or something like that? Um, something like that. Yeah. So just from a a trust perspective um, i might be a little bit too gun shy to begin the year but i've already i've already decided anyway that if if oliver were to be removed i'd be going to zach butters so don't don't stress too much about that one jb <laughs> i'm not stressed butters is not in my current team Oof. so uh i mean he was and then he wasn't and he probably will end up i can't i don't know if i can turn down our vice new vice captain um okay so i think then there's a bit of a, a bit of a gap so we've got petrarca led merit Libba, dawson dunkley i'm obviously not going to read through all these names for the entire midfield but yeah um we have a group of guys there that performed pretty well last year 115 plus average for all those guys um not popular picks i wouldn't say at this stage um just as the game opens um i think a lot of those guys potentially peaked last year like zach merit 116 Maybe not his peak. He might have 118 in him, but he also might have 114 in him. Probably equally as likely that he just goes 116 again. Um, so just, I don't know, the value, getting the value out of these guys just seems a little bit more difficult than a, an underpriced Clayton Olive, which seems a little bit more obvious. Um, and then, you know, you scroll down and you've got Zach, LDU, um, maybe even Sarong if he tickles your fancy. Tom Green, definitely. Um, who finished with a really good patch, Brayshaw potentially with a good buy. Like you can get a lot of value out of those guys. Um, but this middle group here, I'm just not seeing a lot of inspiring value there. So are you sort of thinking the same? Are you thinking different? No, I'm I'm actually on the same page and we haven't spoken about this. I mean, Petrarca played a lot of the year without Oliver. So I, I don't think there's too much inbuilt, inbuilt value there. Dawson scoring... I was so keen to start him, but his scoring just fell away so much when Matt Crouch joined the team that it's just not yeah, worth the risk time. for me. And the other guys he said, I totally agree. I, I don't know how much more upside there is. Um, if I, I, I'm on, I mean, they're not in my side butters or LDU, but they're the guys that I think out of that group are the ones that could take the next step. 
Uh, I just don't have, yeah. I was going to say, I don't have someone in my price range. And then I look at my team and realize I have Brayshaw on my side. So I guess I do. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember why but I that's picked fine because <laughs> I think Brayshaw on his merit is good as well. And you probably picked him because he has that same buy yeah, support, dude. I think that's, that's where there's only two teams with the buy and that sounds great. But um, no, I think of this next group, you've got Butters, LDU. Um, you could talk me into Sarong, although he's not in my current team. Tom Green, Brayshaw, um, and I think that's where they cut off. To the, of the 600K guys that absolutely startable, you can talk me into all of them. Um, but the guys that were, it literally cuts off at 115 plus. Between 115 and 119.9, I just don't see a lot of love in those picks. A lot of, a lot of oh my God, I can't believe I didn't start this guy now. I can't afford him for the rest of the season. I, I, I don't see a lot of that. Um, whereas, you know, there are guys here that could make 30, 40K and, and just sort of hover around that price. Yep. Um, so we'll move on to around the 600 and below price range. Um, what stands out to you here? I see Sam Walsh is floating into a few teams. I remember thinking towards the end of, year, end of the season that Josh Kelly would be one of my first pick players, yet he's not in my team. Um, but uh, uh, what type of guys are standing out around the sub, say 550 to 600K mark? I don't like anyone in no, this range. Neither at all. do I. That's actually surprising. Like no one. I, I was I was like scrolling past looking for Dunkley and then I'm like, wait, no, Dunkley averaged 115. It's just a bit yeah. injury prone, otherwise I would have gone there. But uh no one in that price range at all. Um I I had Walsh last year and it was not fun. I'm not I'm not running to sign up in December to join that that ride again. No. <laughs> <laughs> he he did come good at the, at the end of the year. Like he looked a lot better um, when Carlton sort of turned a new leaf, and I think he had a very he had an extremely good final game where he, he looks just back to his old self. And um, there was the pandemonium of God, he's going to have eighty percent ownership next year. I don't think he will. Um, I'm not even sure he'll have twenty percent. But he's not one that I've ruled out, and neither is Josh Kelly. I haven't ruled him out. But besides that, um, not a lot of guys that no, I think I'm out. go the next the next step and yeah i think i'm out on pretty much all of them if noah anderson had a guaranteed cba role potentially but um we don't know what dim is going to do there that's a bit up in the air i don't know i just yeah don't like any other picks there yeah um so let's drop let's drop down um i suppose took miller stands out here yeah um yeah. he's someone who's in my team right now and then let me also tack on to that jack Steele. Um, and he's in my team right now. Else. Jack Steele is. Yeah, he is. Instead of took me wow. like I was deciding between them both. Okay, well, let's talk about that. And that's probably the next the next stage. So, um, of those two guys, you're obviously going Steele. I'm going Miller right now. I can't see a world in which I start Jack Steele. So, I'm interested on your take there. It's it's more the the coach has been there now for a year, so it's more just that that stability that I was talking about kind of with Himmelberg, um, you know, everyone understanding their roles, everyone understanding um, the play style of the of Ross the boss. And I just thought Steele was, you know, clearly hampered at, at times last year and hopefully a fit, healthy preseason he can get back to his best. It's more, I'm not, I don't think he's going to go, you know, 120 plus um, and reach that sort of side, but somebody at, Price at 95 that has 110 upside sounds pretty good. And that's why I was tossing up between Miller as well. It's kind of the same thing, but I'm just a bit scared of, you know, Sam Flanders coming in and ruining those CBAs. So I was just tossing up between those two negatives and and picking the one I thought was potentially the least negative. 
Yeah, I guess I kind of see a similar but the opposite. <laughs> I, I think Took Miller, um, it's funny how that works. I think Took Miller is just, uh, he's a fitness freak. If he's if he's not getting CPAs, which he has to, let's be honest. Um, but if he does lose a few, he just runs. And, and we saw him sort of play a half forward role when he came back from injury last year and still have big 30 plus point quarters and worst case scenario if he loses the odd cba or two he's still 110 plus easy in my book so yeah um and jack's the i just look at and go i watched him so much last season and at no point did i think there was anything wrong with him but yet he consistently put out bad scores for me uh until i traded him and then he, he sort of went okay towards the end but um God, that's that's worse than Sam Walsh. I'm not signing up to that just based on the pure PTSD from last year, but his body would have to be spick and ready to go for me to even look at that as a selection. No, uh, to me, fair. that's that's like Tom Mitchell from last season. I'm just not picking them. <laughs> no, it's going to be interesting preseason. I mean, you know, I <laughs> absolutely love uh, Took Miller, so we'll see, and we'll see how the buys uh, impact those choices as well. Right, so uh, we do drop now to, uh, I suppose I don't have anyone to talk about for a, a little while. Um, I want to do a quick drive-by past the 490k Callum Mills, who's going to be 100k cheaper next year, which is going to be exciting. Um, but besides that, um, essentially you get down to like, do we even want to talk about some washed up guys from last year? Like I got a 490 guy in my team. A 490 guy in your team? I do. It's currently sitting at M5. <laughs> Matt Crouch. I do. I have Matt Crouch in my draft. Wow. That I know. Is insanity. <laughs> oh my God. At least just get Ollie Wines. You're talking a Brownlow medalist then. Oh, no. I <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's probably probably fair enough. Um, look, he just came into the side at the end of the year and they looked better. And I, I it's funny because, like, I didn't think he added too much in terms of. Um, I guess his role when he was playing just that handball happy, I'm just going to get the ball and handball at 10 meters and, and not really apply, I guess, much pressure and, and hard work. But he did look a lot better feeding it to Dawson. Like it was a good him getting the ball, kind of like that Tom Mitchell role, flicking it out to Dacos or Pendlebury. Um, so they kind of had a similar setup, Crouch, to get the ball. And I wasn't sure how it was going to work with Laird, but his scoring towards the end of the year, you know, he had... um. An 86, 144, 112, 122, another 86. Um, and he's just got that discount because of that game in round eight um, where he started as a sub, he got 35. Um, so there's a little bit of inbuilt value there. But my biggest concern with, with Crouch is never if he can win the ball because we know he can do that. It's I don't know if he's best 22. <laughs> so we'll have to monitor that through the preseason. Is. No, I think he is. I think he earned that last year, but I just don't think he has 110. So for me, 490K is, if he was, like we say this a lot, if he was 50K cheaper, um, then you would see me considering it. Um, I did mention him, Ollie Wines, in all seriousness, he did speak up about being hampered by a knee injury all season, did play a lot of wing as well, um, which I think will be occupied by Bergman and probably Josh Sin or something this year. Um, he's priced very favor- favorably at six th- four, uh, 463K. I can't, I can't speak. Um, he's priced favorably this season. I expect him to go to about a 105 average. There's the potential that he can get back to close to his best, but even close to his best wasn't like he wasn't breaking records in Supercoach, even winning a Brownlow medal. So 
Um, I don't expect to start with Ollie Wines, but I expect to be watching him pretty closely oh, in the I, preseason. I think like Matt, not not that uh, I mean, I definitely don't want to hype up Matt Crouch anymore. But just like between those two picks, um, Matt Crouch is the, that proven accumulator type, that high scoring type of player. Those last four games, he averaged 108. But you know, as a junior. He averaged, what was it, more than Tom Rockliffe. I think it was 136 average as a junior. He's always been a super good scorer. Um, I've owned him many times before in the past, so you're just hoping that he becomes that guy again. Um, so that upside feels there, whereas I feel, as you said, Wines winning the Brownlow still didn't have that sort of upside. So that's kind of where I'd rather just pay that 20K to take that extra risk. But... It's not a the downside is one of them will be playing center <clears throat> in round six. That's it. Um, That's right, and and <laughs> potentially have done his groin again. So yeah, look, I, I think I think they're both on the watch list, but I don't expect to be starting either of them. Just to be clear, um, all right. Anyone else around the four hundred? Gosh, or sub four hundred? <laughs> look, I scroll for a long time here now, and this is how I know mid price madness is done. I don't see a single name. Like I think Max Holmes is good but i don't think he's going to average 100 105 plus what's he priced at? Uh, jai simpkin used to be good but hey what's Holmes priced at scroll past him at some stage Holmes is 446k mm, that's pretty expensive isn't it yeah simpkin's 443 hopper's 440 like these are guys that you could potentially see outperforming their price tag for sure um but not not starting in super coach levels of outperforming <laughs> i wouldn't think angus sheldrick at 300k yeah, I mean, he performed pretty well outside of the sub games. It's still not cheap enough, is it? No. Again, like you, you want him to be a lot high 200s and would, I mean, God, that's crazy. If he was, if he was $1,900 cheaper, <laughs> I swear to God. Um, what, but genuinely, five? 300K, you're looking, you're looking at a 75 plus average for him to make the money at 300K. You want five at 280K? I, I did see five at 280 um, there was another one that I saw as well. James Jordan at 275. Um, I didn't like yeah. any of these players. No, no, none of them. Jared Lyons played well when he came into the side last year. Um, no, none of them. And I think that's the problem. I'm like, I'm, I'm genuinely we, we still scrolling. And I'm now at to Harley Reid and I still don't like anybody. So um, I think that's Including it. Including Harley Reid. No, no, no. Wow. <laughs> Until Hot <Harley> take, everyone. <laughs> um, Harley Reid, not in Pistols team. <laughs> Not, all right, on to the Ruckman. Yeah, I think Let's we have it. to do that now. Um, all right, this one's pretty easy. Uh, for me, you've got Tim English, 715K. Some might say overpriced. I might say that potentially priced exactly how he will average, if not slightly underpriced. I could see him going 130. Yeah. Um, but I more so expect 125. Uh, regardless, I think there is just value in this line this season. And um, Roel Marshall, Kieran Briggs, Jared Witt, Sean Darcy, I apologize to you all. You're not the value that I'm talking about. Max score on 104.5 average. Um, I do not have it on me right now, but his average without Grundy is about 25 points better than that. Um, he's so good as a solo ruck, and he just was not that at all last season besides about four or five games in which he showed that he could be. Um, so I think we've seen enough and he's probably going to be the highest owned Ruckman, if not second highest owned Ruckman, behind the the aforementioned Brody Grundy, 481k. What are we talking about here? These two guys um, have been... Grundy has been our go-to Ruck combination 
since the dawn of time, and they're back. <laughs> I think this is this is the season. They both go one ten plus comfortably, in my opinion. Probably one fifteen plus, in my opinion. One of them probably goes one twenty plus, in my opinion. Um, and we're paying peanuts. Well, it's taking up barely any salary to get these guys. I totally agree. I, I'm not sure. Like, when wouldn't you pick them both? Is it only if you think like, okay, well, Grundy's not going to outscore English in total points, so you just like lock in Gorn in English and you try and get the the highest two scoring ruckman, like it, or or is it? I like, it, I don't even think that's good enough value. Yeah. I, I don't think paying an extra. What were you? What, what is the difference in their price? Two hundred and thirty k. Yeah. Quick math. That is never ever worth it. It's never worth it. We're talking Ollie Wines compared to Clayton Oliver and the <laughs> price difference there. Like genuinely, that just seems like it's fifty points difference in, in other lines. Where in this line, it could be ten. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to disagree, especially since I'm looking at Grandi on my side, but. Um, it's impossible. Th- yeah. Let's be honest. It's it's impossible rules, unless something happens in the preseason. Happen, some sort of yeah. Know, some something get you like, get a donut a, if you don't do it. A media would have to hit Earth. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it would genuinely would take a lot. And um, besides that, I don't consider anyone else. Besides, I mean, we could see Jordan Sweet win the ruck roll as the year goes on, but doubtful. Um, I think at best he starts as a second ruckman at probable worst he starts as a sandful ruckman um but has it as a red red hot crack at it um but he's 158k which i like um but he's going to be a cash cow later on at absolute best i would say so um i think you're looking at these two guys you're giving some you're giving a nod of appreciation to what english was able to do last season um you're appreciative that english looks like a grandma and, and scores like a demon but I think you're just locking these two guys in. It's it's pretty simple. It's hard to argue away from you there. Big shout out to my cool. boy Sam Naismith at 123k though. <laughs> oh god. Big shout out to the North Melbourne and West Coast ruckmen that are 102k ruck forwards. Yeah. And will play every Sunday of the <laughs> entire season, just about. I mean, it's uh. It's going to be a close battle on which one we go for. I'll have to uh, have, have fixture analysis to, to be able to decide. All right, I'm leaning Livingstone. But, um, all right, so into the forwards now, and this might be an even quicker discussion somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah. What the hell is going on here? So I think it's pretty straightforward that Jack McRae is in every single team to start the year. I mean, he's in mine, um, but let's explain it. Or you explain it. Well, ba- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was getting to that. Bailey Smith, um, ACL injury, we know already. He's going to miss the entire season. Um, with that information, Jack McRae was already the best forward last year based on average, um, carried over into this year. You look around at the names, usually you can find three or four guys to sort of overtake that 100 mark, but this year you can't. Um, so Jack McRae only needs to not get consistently worse um, and his role could only have improved with Bailey Smith going out. Even if it hasn't improved that much, um, I think he's a low 100s average player um, and that is far and away good enough uh, to lock in at F1 because that is probably where he sits all season long. Yep, I'm with you. That was straight in the side. Thank you. Now, a lot of changes happening in this F2 slot. I've seen Luke Jackson. I've seen either Richmond player, Shea or Dustin. I've seen Toby Green. I've seen Dylan Moore. 
And I've seen Sam Flanders. Uh, I've also seen Sam Flanders at F3, but essentially any of those guys have been at F2 in teams that I've looked at. Who's your current F2? Sam Flanders. Okay, that's the easy answer. Who would your F2 be if you had to pick someone more expensive than Sam Flanders? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, It would probably... Probably Dylan Moore, I think. Yeah. Just just yeah, I think so. upside. I mean, Hawthorne's team isn't really that bad on paper. Again, on paper. Um, but they, you know, have an easier fixture. We know he... Actually, I think Hawthorne's got a terrible fixture for memory. Anyway, can't remember. So that's that's more of a, a pre-season January okay. podcast. Just podcasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he is a dynamic forward. We know he had like the most 50-point or 60-point halves um, for forward, I think it was. I can't remember the stat. Again, terrible. Clearly not up to scratch of the podcasting. But he... Um, it wasn't halves. It was it was the most 50-point first quarters or something. Yeah, quarters. That's what it was. Yeah, he just explodes out of the gates. Um, and he's so dynamic. But there's also that time when he went into that midfield that one time, no, um, a couple of times where he looked really good in the midfield. And I think they have just got Gunston in. They've just brought in Ginevan. They've just brought in, um, was it Brockman as well? That's three forwards. No, they lost Brockman. No, sorry, they lost forwards. They, they got someone else, another small forward. I can't remember who it was. But they brought in a bunch of forwards. Oh, they drafted. Their first round draft pick was uh, the best small forward in the draft by a mile. I forgot his yep. name. Yep. Um, yep. So they brought in three essentially best 22 forwards. Um, so I'm not sure how that impacts them. And it might sound crazy to push their best forward out, but the other ones can't play any other position. Like you're, you're not, your first round draft picks getting games, um, but he's not playing outside the forward pocket where he's meant to have been the best forward pocket the last like decade. Um, obviously, Bruce is going to remain in that spot. Ginevan kind of was a failed, failed-ish experiment at Collingwood outside of the forward line. And um, Gunston is also just a forward. So, who moves out to accommodate that? I don't think it's, it's I don't more. think Moore is that much of a forward. I think Moore, as much as I like his goal kicking prowess, I see him more as a Zach Butters type. Who, yeah, they're good. They're good forward, but he disappears for large portions of the game because playing forward is hard, especially playing forward for a bad team. Yeah, and I think they would actually benefit more from having him at very worst case high half forward where he's roaming everywhere and he's up in the center bounces on the wings um, and going between that and, and CBAs. I think he's probably their third CBA or fourth CBA guy, maybe fourth or fifth CBA guy, actually more realistically. Um, and he attends some wing center bounces from the, the half forward line. Um, if I was coaching that side, which I'm absolutely not, um, that is what I would try to be doing, but only because they've, like you've said, recruited so many forwards. Nick Watson is the guy from the draft you're thinking Thank of. You. And yeah. he he was, yeah, the the highly most highest touted um small forward by a long way. And I I just think there's a vision. They've they've just got like you said, they've added half a forward line in a, in a single off season and, and something's got to give. <laughs> and Chol, yeah. So look I I actually have more in my team right now. Oh, so wow. okay. he Great. he is that guy. He's F two for me. Um, at the moment, Sam Flanders F3. Um, if I did have to chop anyone from the forward line, it would be more, obviously. But I just like the idea of going with three 
guys who I know will be stable. I'm confident all three go 90 plus, and I think all three have upside of 95 plus. And that is that is why I've done it. I think all three have the ability to go 100 plus, but I'd be pretty surprised if they all did. But they've all got 95 plus um, upside, I think. Yeah. I mean, hard to argue against you there. So if you didn't pick, I guess, or if you had to pick somebody as an F3 and you had Flanders at F2, is there a player cheaper than Flanders you would feel comfortable putting in your side? Because I'm scrolling through this list and... uh... I actually knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) And my answer is no. The best answer I can come up with is probably Taylor Adams, but I think he's actually too washed to play an entire midfield game anymore. Um, But I think he could go 90 if he plays enough midfield time, but I don't think his body can handle it. So I think he, if he does go 90, it's 90 over 14 games, not 90 over 23 games um, or even 22 games. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't like anyone. I don't think anyone is good value. I don't look at names and go, ah, oh, he could. No, I don't. I stop myself there. Um there is some potential Heaney without Mills does better. We've been here before. <laughs> been here before. Jeremy Cameron had a patch this year yeah. where he was better, but no. Um you could predict like a Rankin rise, a Baker rise. Like, no, thanks. I don't want any of those guys. None of them. Oh, it's really the like opposite Bailey, of mid-price but... madness. It's so opposite. Yeah, it's mid- mid-price horror is what it is. You just don't want any of these guys. Like, a lot of people predicted Rochelle would go up this year. It's 74 average improvement, but next step worthy, I don't know. Is it, is it, it's, only, it's only Zach Fisher with a, with a permanent role change off the halfback being the main man, but I don't think that's super realistic as of right now. I promise you, I will not have Zach Fisher in any iteration of my Supercoach team this, this upcoming season. That's fair. I mean, yeah, it's a uh, price at 67 is not really cheap mentioned. enough either. It needs to, needs yeah, to be another it, 60K cheaper. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't say 50. I think that, that was intentional, yeah. but... Yeah, he would have to be closer to that 300K mark on the dot. Yeah. Um, but even looking at these other guys, like usually you can look down the list and say, I can't, look, there's if nothing everything here. lines up for this guy, then they're playing midfield and they're averaging 85. And no, there's none of that. Like Curtis Taylor, Jacob Kaczynski, Alex Davies, Dan Butler, Marlon Pickett, Tyson Stengel, Petrocelli. These guys are not upside guys they are lucky enough to be even be priced at 57 average like they are tom powell people thought he was good a year ago but he averaged 55 this year luke peddler i don't have any answer for you at all i mean you'd have to go all the way down to chad wingard yeah lower 287 i guess tom lynch yeah, okay. That that's when we start cooking with gas again. Tom Lynch potentially Nat Five. I could I could see myself oh, no. in a world. No. I could see myself in a world have either Tom Lynch or Nat Five in my around one team. I could see it, but it's not happening. <laughs> then you're but in I could see it because I'm, I'm Jordan, not good at this game. Territory. You're you're almost in. Jason Harms territory, 258K. You're in... Like, don't get me wrong. A Cam McKenzie type could explode. Uh, but like, so. they 
No, wait, Cam McKenzie, was he not the was he their first draft? Yeah, but he just doesn't have the role in their side. Like yeah, no, 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 no I'm saying like I'm talking with a perfect role. Like we just spoke about how many forwards they they recruited. Maybe he has a better role. I could see a draftee from like two, one maybe two years ago, outperforming. But like you're picking a needle in a haystack. James Harms could he do things at the Bulldogs? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's all these things feel so unlikely, right? Like Bill, yeah. Billings at two forty three. <laughs> oh my god. I don't want to pick Ned, these people. Ned McHenry, and we started. No, we're not saying. That. I'm still scrolling. No. I'm, still, I'm still looking. I mean, it's just Harley Reid again. Thank God for Harley Reid, and then and then it's Zane Dersma. Yeah, I mean Jai Cully maybe. One ninety three. No, and it will. You know what? Go to one hundred and seventy five thousand nine hundred dollars, and we found our option. Maurice Rioli. No, no, one Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. We're back to the Fantasia wagon where JB convinces I everybody. It was a GWS. JB convinces everyone to start Fantasia, and then inevitably he gets injured in round What about two. Finley McRae? He's in my side, Finlay. Yes, yeah, Um I'm really excited about him this year. I think uh, I think this is the year of Finlay. Okay, we're waffling now. I think we've actually said enough. Um, overall, I think we're. I think mid price madness is looking very, very, very. It's in ICU right now. It's not. It's not doing well. It's struggling. Um, I think I'd be at this point very surprised if I had more than two mid prices in my team. But things change as the preseason goes. We know that. Um, it, at the this point i'd say rookies are looking promising yeah i'd love if if you guys stepped up and a few random names that we don't expect just in case if you guys drop off but i think overall pretty promising rookies um and besides that i think i think there's a lot to look forward to We, we obviously need to see the rule changes and we need to get into some tactics but having opened the game for the first time today um, having gone through some names, picks and players, I it, it feels like Christmas, and it almost is, but it, it feels like <laughs> Supercoach Christmas, I th- um, yeah. which is great. I feel like a little kid again, so it's awesome. <laughs> I think this year is going to be interesting in that uh, given I think the mid-prices don't look super great and the rookies probably look like the most promising in the last three, four years. Um, it just gives – there's a lot more money about. So obviously, you know, when everyone's picking – uh, 10 premiums or 11 premiums we're picking five of the same but if we're picking 13 premiums we're still picking five of the same so there's a tiny bit more variation because of that we, we had quite a few different players jb um which yeah. which can only be a good thing because you know more trades and dpp and everything it's kind of a bit stale when everyone's got the same team but this might work out this year so that's that's quite exciting and that's going to be f- purely dependent on the rule changes and I, I don't know what's going to happen but I really hope whatever rule is brought in doesn't limit the amount of op- starting options in our side because I, I'd hate to go into round zero or round one with the you know the exact same side as 80, 80% of the serious coaches so fingers crossed it's an option that um, allows more picks to thrive rather than cuts off half the pool agreed um, all right. Well, did you? Were they your closing statements? Yeah. Did you have anything else to add? No, no, no. It's, it? it's it's good. I think uh, we'll. <laughs> depending, I don't know what information is going to come out, um, but 
I'm sure we'll do another podcast probably in January. So for those, uh, you know, for, I guess, to everyone, have a happy festive period and a happy new year. Yeah, happy holidays to everyone listening at this time of the season. We do appreciate all our listeners who are obviously as diehard as we are opening the game and having a scroll through. Um, a couple of little tidbits. Um, we will have a new podcaster on in 2024, Ooh. which I think is super exciting. Um, the debut will come shortly, I would expect. Um, I think they're waiting on some equipment and then they are in. That is super exciting. We're super excited about that. Um, I think YouTube this year is probably going to kick off a little bit more than what we did last year. Only dipped our toes in the water this year. That's just gone. Um, And I expect that to be a little bit more hectic. And um, I want to put this to air because I want people to hold me to it um, because I am really excited about it. But I think live streams will be coming to Dr. Supercoach as well um, in 2024. So there's so much to look forward to. We're super excited about the season. Um, I, I for one, like I said, picking this team felt like a, a, a kid again picking my first Supercoach team. Everything just looks so exciting at the moment. Um, I'm really looking forward to the season and I'm, I'm glad you're here, Pistol, looking forward to the season with me, sharing my enthusiasm. <laughs> I, needed, I, I think I needed this hour chat to get this out in the open. Um, but yeah, for everyone listening, much appreciation. Have a great holidays period and we'll talk to you very soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.